Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. We have the perfect episode for you for the new year. This week, we are talking about something kind of broad. We see a ton of questions about pricing from designers seriously all the time. So this week, we wanted to cover just a variety of topics on pricing to hopefully make you feel better and just more equipped to decide on your pricing and just feel confident about what you are charging. This really is the perfect time to talk about this because I feel like the new year is just kind of natural to reevaluate our businesses and including pricing to make sure you're charging what you're worth. And if you have like ongoing clients and things like that, they're not going to be surprised if you update your pricing for a new year to start. So I do think this is the perfect time. I definitely agree with you. I think the beginning of the year is the perfect time to kind of make any updates to your business that you want to make and then get rolling with your new clients at the beginning of the year. So let's go on ahead and just dive right in. The first thing I want to cover is just hourly pricing versus package pricing. And These two things are the two main ways that you can price your services. Now, I don't know about you, Krista, but I really like to do packages with my clients because they tend to simplify like what I offer and make it really easy to just be like, okay, this is what I charge. This is what you get. Let's onboard you. Let's get going. There we go. Really fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like... Um, package work, especially because you can get down payments and things like that, which are really hard to get with hourly. So I definitely do packages whenever I can. Totally agree. And that's not to say that you can't customize your packages, you know, make them be different from what your website may say, or even do hourly work. But I know probably the bulk of the work we both take on would be the packaged projects. Um, One downside, though, I think we should point out to doing package pricing is that it pretty much ignores the size of the business that you are working with. So if you have a huge variety, and I don't think this is many people, but if you have a huge variety in the size of businesses that are contacting you, this could be a huge downside. So for example, if a Fortune 500 company and a little old blogger reached out to you, you'd basically be giving them the same project at the same price when you know that the Fortune 500 company could probably afford like four or five times their prices, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, those would be, you know, the bloggers that can afford maybe a couple thousand dollars if they're like 
big bloggers and the Fortune 500 that's probably looking to spend like $100,000 on some crazy insane website. So could definitely be a bummer if you end up doing something like that. Now, the alternative to package pricing is hourly projects. And these are a little trickier when they come to doing work for clients. So obviously when you're creating your hourly price, which we're gonna talk about just in a second, you have to consider your experience in the field. And this is where I think there can be a huge downside to doing hourly work because yes, it may only take you one hour to design something, but it only took you one hour because of your experience. So when you're coming up with that price, you don't just want to think about, okay, how long is this going to take me, but also how much experience do I have so that it is only going to take me a short amount of time? Because I know for a little while I was doing blog post graphics for you and you were always amazed that it like didn't take me a very long time and I didn't have to charge you a whole lot because it didn't take me a long time. <laughs> it was a good deal for me, a bad deal for Corey. Let's just yes. say Yes. <laughs> yes, it was an awful deal for me. <laughs> and it was even worse because I was like, but you're my friend. I don't want to charge no. you a lot of money. <laughs> but um, I will say, I know you offer hourly projects and I do as well but usually for me they're only small projects like making tweaks to someone's website if I have to or um, like really small one-off jobs I will do hourly projects just because it's easier to bill hourly for some things than it is um, others. Yeah, my rule of thumb is kind of if I have no idea how long something is going to take and I don't want to get sucked into a package and then hate myself, I'll do hourly because it's kind of safer in those situations. But if I'm confident in how much work something's going to take, I always do project-based. Yeah, I think that is a really, really good point. So now that we've kind of covered those two things, what about coming up with your prices? And... We can't tell you what to charge, unfortunately, but we can tell you with a lot of confidence that the most important place to start when you're coming up with your prices, regardless of if it's hourly or for your packages, is just considering your experience. So when you're just starting out, you don't have a lot of experience. So it's better to start with a lower rate and kind of work your way up. I know we both have done that in our businesses. And it kind of stinks to be charging, you know, such a low price when you know, but I can do work that's worth this much money, but you have to start somewhere. And when you don't have enough experience, you can't justify charging someone $125 an hour you know, for some work. So keep that in mind. Um, I do have four questions, though, that you can ask yourself when you are coming up with your pricing to kind of consider your experience. So number one is just literally, how much experience do you have compared to your competitors? So if I were pricing a development project, which I wouldn't because I wouldn't even consider taking on a development project, my prices would be much lower than what Krista would charge because I have zero or very little experience rather um, in the developing field compared to Krista, who would be a competitor for that project. 
So definitely keep that in mind. Um, and you, you have an idea of how much experience you have. And you can tell based on what your competitors offer how much experience they have. Um, the next question is, how many similar projects have you done in the past? So if you've never done any work like this, you have no clue how long it's going to take because you have zero experience, then your prices should be on the lower end. The next question would be, do you have any unique skills that boost your experience level? So if you know how to do some fancy stuff in Illustrator or Photoshop to create some really cool logos or whatever for your clients, then you can charge a little bit more because you have a little bit more experience maybe than some of your competitors. And then the last question is, will you spend the entire project Googling how to do things? <laughs> and I feel like this one sounds kind of silly, but let's be honest. If you are going to be Googling how to, you know, how to use Photoshop, how to change the color of something in Illustrator, you really don't have that much experience and have no business, putting it politely, to charge a ton of money for the project. That's a great point. And something else that I think is interesting, I'm interested to see what you think, because I know a lot of people charge different, I shouldn't say a lot, some people charge different rates depending on the task. So if it's, you know, something that's easy to them, they charge less than something that's more like a more specialized skill or something like that. I don't do that. If someone wants me to do something, it's always the same rate. But I'm interested if you have any thoughts on that. I think it's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is interesting. And I guess it just depends. Like if it's something really easy, and you don't mind doing it, then yeah, I guess charge less if you don't want to make that much money. But I think it makes more sense to just have one rate that you charge everyone because even if it is easy, you know, going back to what I was saying before, it's easy because you know how to do it. You have yeah. a lot of experience doing it. Talking about, you know, making graphics in Photoshop, that's really easy for me, but my dad has no freaking clue how to do that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, just think about that kind of thing. And I mean, I would always want to make the same amount of money. That's just mm -hmm. me, though. Like it would just be confusing. So I'm always surprised when I see people do that, but I've seen it a couple times recently. Yeah, so. it would be confusing because then you'd have to be like, wait, what did I charge that person? And what about oh, the clients remember. that are like, well, why was this thing this much and this thing is this much? Can you just yep. pretend it was this thing or something like that? Okay, so we, we don't really <laughs> like this approach. All right. <laughs> So as a whole, though, just moving on here, when you're considering all of these questions together, you are going to know just how comfortable you are taking on the project based on how much experience you have. So that's kind of my thing on coming up with your prices. It's like I said, we can't really tell you how much to charge, but do you have anything here to add? I definitely think experience is the biggest part. Um, it can also come with how many clients you're getting. Even if you have quite a bit of experience, if you're not attracting clients right away, maybe you don't want to start on the super high end. 
Um, this is something else you can think of. Um, when I started my business, I had degrees, college degrees, master's, bachelor's degrees in the things I was doing, but I didn't start charging as much as people with those degrees do because I didn't have the proof I needed, I didn't have a lot of clients, and I didn't want to scare people away. So I started on the lower end and I'm still working my way up from that. So I think those two things are probably the biggest things to consider, but I definitely think experience is the biggest. I think that is an amazing point because I think especially people like me who graduated college with a degree in design or like you where you have degrees in all your nerdy coding stuff. <laughs> I'm sure there's technical words for it, but that's what I call it. <laughs> um, obviously, when we graduate from college and we know how to do all these things, we think, uh, yeah, I deserve to be getting paid a heck of a lot more than I am. But the fact of the matter is, if you've never worked with a client or you haven't worked with that many clients, you haven't done many of those type of projects, you just can't justify it. So you have to start lower. You don't have to start at zero or like dirt. You can start with a little bit of money. But um, yeah, you just start lower and then kind of work your way up as you gain more experience with clients. Yeah. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about, because this was asked several months ago in our Facebook group, and that would be, when the heck do you raise your prices? And I think this is a really good question because it is hard sometimes to know. You're like, well, I charge basically nothing right now. How do I charge what I'm worth with the next clients? So I responded to that um, question, and I know, Krista, you're going to have a lot of really good stuff here because you've been raising your rates lately, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But I responded with a few things, um, and it would be, one, when you're consistently getting inquiries and booking new projects. And I think this may be part of why you did some fancy numbers and raised your prices. But if you are consistently getting emails, people love what you do, they wanna work with you, you're starting to get booked out, yeah, now is a really good time to raise your prices. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree, and that is why I raised mine. Like, I know how much my services are worth based on what it can get people and things like that, but I, I'm not to the point where I can charge that much yet, so all I can do is slowly work my way up, you know, keep trying to attract those higher price projects, um, and I judge that by how far out I'm getting booked. If my current prices are booking way out, I'm having to turn people down, I know I'm in demand and I can give myself a little boost, so that's what I did, and that's definitely the biggest thing I look at. Yeah, I think that's the, like, main thing to know. Okay, now is a good time. Um, another time when you can raise your prices is if you make changes to your packages and start offering more things in them. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you have just been doing a really basic branding project, let's say, and you just offered a mood board, a logo, a couple of files, and you called it a day. But since then, you've changed and you're offering a mood board, a couple of logos, a brand guideline, all the files they could ever want or, or dream of, then yeah, it's definitely worth raising your prices because you're giving them more and you're doing more work in the process. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, and I actually think this one is 
kind of not thought of as often as a time when you can raise your prices. But if you have learned and gained a lot of experience with anything in your area of design, then it's reasonable to raise your prices for that too. I know um, on that thread with this question, someone commented and said she had learned a lot of things about website design and so she felt comfortable raising her prices after that and I was like you go girl because Mm -hmm. that is like a reason you want to revisit your prices and I didn't actually plan on talking about this but you should revisit them I would say twice a year because you are learning you are gaining more experience and that's a perfect time to raise your prices. To You have the justification. You're like, hey, I know how to do all this cool stuff now. I'm going to charge yep. you more. <laughs> yep, you're worth more. Something else I thought of, um, a reason I changed my prices, not this last time, but the time before that, was that I was getting mad at my clients like as the projects were wrapping up and we were doing revisions because I was like, you did not pay me enough for all of this. I was getting annoyed with them. And at one point I was like, okay, this is a problem, but it's not a problem that they are causing. It's because I'm not charging enough. If I'm getting annoyed at what I'm doing, I either need to not do it or charge more. Um, So that's something else you can do. You know, if you're getting hourly work and are annoyed at the fact that you're getting hourly work, raise your rate so it's worth doing it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And just going off that, I think if you think about you know, how much money you want to make for the project and then break it down for each task or whatever. You can kind of see how much money you're getting for the different stages of the project. And if you're not getting anything for the time you have allotted for revisions, then yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely raise the prices because the revisions and the really annoying like scope creep, that's where all of us are are kind of shortchanging ourselves with our prices. Oh my gosh, I talked to another developer a couple weeks ago and she said with her price breakdown, she actually charges $800 for revisions. And I was like, I don't charge anything for revisions. You're like a friggin' genius. So holy cow, just kind of an eye opener there. Those things are worth money. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a really good idea, even just to know for your own curiosity. Like, I'm really curious if I broke down the different things that I offer in my packages and how much I charge, I think even I would be surprised at how much money I'm getting for the different things. I think we we might cry a little for both of us, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) I think we probably would. You started your own design business, yay! The creative side of your business, the side where you get to spend your days designing, rocks. But everything else, not so much. Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. 
If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. So let's move on from the crying and talk about um, something else, which is when to discount your services. So this is another question that I remember seeing um, recently, and I think the person was like a nonprofit reached out to me, and I really want to work with them, but I think they should get a discount what do I do? How much do I discount them? You know, this kind of thing. And I think that comes up a lot with designers, especially with projects like that, where it's, you know, it's more of a passion project. They don't really feel like they need to make that much money out of it. So how much do they discount? Should they discount? And to answer some of that, it's like, it's really up to you. If you want to do the work for free, I don't think you should do any work for free, but if you want to, then, I mean, that's your business. That's your bottom dollar that that's affecting, so go for it. And if you don't want to discount someone, then don't discount them regardless of what, you know, how excited you are or what they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a trap that a lot of people fall into is thinking that because an organization is nonprofit, that they're like obligated to discount them or they have to do it for free. And I've worked for nonprofits. They have budgets. Like they're fine paying for your work. You know, the fact that they're nonprofit is just a fun little fact they can throw in there to make you think you have to charge less. So you do not have to. If you don't feel passionate about something, don't feel like you have to give a discount just because it's a nonprofit. Absolutely not. I as I think the only time I would discount any kind of project like that was if it was one that I was really, really, really passionate about. And I was so excited for the project, but at the same time, I could tell they couldn't really afford me, then I would go for that. But other than that, I would just be like, you can just pay my normal rate <laughs> like everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then something else to think about when it comes to discounting your services is sometimes people ask you if they can pay less, and we've talked about this in several episodes, but it's because they don't respect your experience or your time, and they don't want to pay you what you are worth. So you can generally tell this from their emails or their tone if you're on a call with them. And for those people, obviously, it's not worth it to discount your prices at all unless you need the project to, like, eat this month. Yeah, for sure. I I don't think I would ever even, like, bat an eye at someone who is, like, asking for a discount. I'd be like, who are you? Like, get out, (laughs) you know? So it takes a lot of nerve, but there are people out there that do it. I think another thing um, that I hadn't thought of until just now, because I thought of my dad, is um, discounting family members and family friends. Because I know that's another time when people feel, they're like, but it's my aunt's best friend. I I can't charge her $2,000 for a website. That's, That's not fair. And in my opinion... I don't think you should discount 
people like that. It's definitely family friends. The only person I will ever discount, and I may like regret saying this because I may actually discount someone at some point. I'll put that out there. But as of right now, the only person I ever discount is my dad. So I do a little bit of photography and a little bit of website stuff for him and his band. And they never get a realistic price out of me because it's <laughs> like, you're my dad. I'm not going to charge you this crazy number um, to do these things that I can easily just do, you know, in a few minutes for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, though, how you feel. Because I think, if I remember correctly, you had a family project you were working on like last year or something maybe yeah I did a couple last year one was my brother and I just did his for free just because I can be like no shut up I'm not doing this today get <laughs> out of here so he doesn't bother me um so that was actually fun just to help him he was starting a personal training business and I wanted to help him so I just did it and I knew he had zero money and he <laughs> be able to pay for it anyway um, and then I also did some work for my some work for my aunt, and she is part of a nonprofit, a local nonprofit. And I don't necessarily agree with their mission, but I've seen the passion of all those people, and I know how hard they work, and I knew what kind of budget they had. So I gave them a a pretty decent, about a seventy percent discount. I still got a little something. They wanted to give me something. They actually sent me a check after I said, "Never mind, I'll just do it for free." They Aww. sent me a check. <laughs> so that I mean that told me that okay, this was the right people to do this for. But then on the other hand, not that long ago, a different aunt reached out to me for a website, and Corey and I were actually kind of quoting this project together. And I think our final quote was somewhere around three thousand, and her budget was eight hundred. Yeah, I, I remember like, that. <laughs> uh, I gave her three. Hundred dollars off my portion, and we never heard from her again. Basically, so you just gotta kind of pick your battles. Um, like in our cases, dad's brothers for us, we think that's worth it. My brother, I since I can tell him to get out of here, I don't care. Um, and then I guess other than that, I just kind of go with what feels right. But also keep in mind that certain people are more likely to take advantage of you. Family, they feel like they can ask things of you. They're not trying to be malicious, but they know you and they think they can just email you, email you and ask for one quick thing. So definitely keep that in mind when you're setting expectations at the beginning if you're offering discounts right away. Yep. The taking advantage of you is something I was just going to bring up. This is why... My mom has actually reached out to me a couple times saying, I know someone from work who knows someone who could really use your services. And I'm like, I love you so much, but I am not comfortable taking this project. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily because, you know, of what the person does or because I don't feel like it. It's because they, one, may take advantage of you and if they do, or if they are feeling taken advantage of, maybe because of how much you're charging them, it can really mess with the relationship. I feel like mm -hmm. I've seen people talk about how, you know, doing work for their family members has completely created a rift in their relationship. And so it wasn't worth it in the long run. So keep that in mind too, for if you're sure. discounting family members and even just doing work for family members. Definitely. 
But since we went off on our family member <laughs> tangent there, we should probably get back to our episode about prices. <laughs> so the last main thing that I wanted to talk about is posting prices on your website. Now we both do this and I think this is another, just like the rest of them, really popular question when it comes to pricing is do I list these numbers out here for anyone to see or do I basically force them to contact me for this information? And this makes me think of the saying, if you have to ask, it costs too much. <laughs> and I'm hoping that it wasn't just my family that said that all the time. <laughs> no, I've heard that for sure. Um, but I have always listed my prices and I have heard from others that it's just not worth not listing them because number one, you, you may get an increase in inquiries, but the people are either not dream clients, so you don't really want to work with them. It's a little bit of everybody. All of a sudden, anyone thinks they can work with you, so they're reaching out to you. Um, and then at the end of the day, it's a lot of people who may not be able to afford you. So you're getting a ton of extra emails, but you're turning down more projects because people are realizing, oh, you charge something way out of my budget. I can't afford to work with you. What do you think about this? Uh, I agree. I think um, along with maybe getting more emails, though, you're also going to scare away people who would have been really amazing clients by not listing it. Um, actually, with the person that did my website, she didn't have prices listed. And uh, I emailed her and the price she came back with was three times what I said my budget was. And I actually went forward with the project. So for her, it worked. If I would have known that price ahead of time, I would not have inquired with her. But since I had that experience, I never reach out to anyone who doesn't have their prices listed because I don't want that to happen again. I don't want to feel like obligated to book a project because I reached out to someone. I don't want to feel like, I don't know, just gross about it like I did. So I, since then, I like coaches, copywriters, VAs, I never reach out to someone who does not have prices listed anymore. So, I mean, if they are in my budget, they could be missing out on a client by not doing that. So that's why I have my prices listed. One, I don't want to waste time emailing with people who don't have the budget. And two, people who can't afford it, I just want them to know up front. There's no reason for them to not know, you know, if they can afford it. So I just think it's easier. Yeah, I think that goes along with why I have like an in-depth contact form on my website. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's not that I feel like I'm wasting time on you, but I don't want to waste time on someone that I'm not going to end up working with. So like to go along with the reason I brought up the contact form, I ask about, you know, what they actually need, what they do. I might ask for their inspiration, um, their deadline, that kind of thing. So I can decide before it gets too far and I have invested time with them that, oh, this is a project I can't even take on because they can't afford me, yeah. you know? So it's just not worth it. And yeah, I think I would always list my prices just so I can kind of weed out the crowd who can't afford me, even though they really want to work with me. Mm -hmm. I agree. And like even like non-impressive websites I see, if prices aren't listed even for them, I just kind of assume like, uh, you know, this website is crappy and I don't think they have a lot of experience, but they might charge a whole bunch. So yeah, yeah I, I usually get... See. 
I usually get judgy on those websites mm-hmm. and I'm like, why do you not have your prices listed? Mm-hmm. Like your website is not that impressive. <laughs> oh gosh. That's my judgy side, you guys. <laughs> Come sassy Corey. Yep. But just to kind of recap this episode, pricing is one of the trickiest subjects for designers and just business owners in general. So it's a difficult to find the sweet spot of what you're comfortable with, but what is getting you the rate you deserve. Um, Again, it's all about kind of starting low and then working your way up, especially if you don't have a lot of experience. But I hope that the things we talked about today will kind of help you get the feelers out so you can feel good about your prices this year. Now, the action steps for this episode would be number one, to spend some time in the next couple of weeks to take a look at your pricing and decide if you need to raise your rates for this year or, you know, just decide if you need to change your packages up so you can make sure you're getting enough money, whatever it is. Spend some time really looking at your pricing. And then the second action step would be if you aren't already definitely consider posting your prices on your website yes you may see a decrease in inquiries but at least you'll know that the people who are reaching out to work with you are people who can actually afford your services thank you so much for listening for show notes past episodes and more information about the two of us visit us online at getbacktodesign.co If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.